Welcome to Pure Advocates, the number one podcast in the Northwest. And uh, today I got my co-host, Paycheck. Paycheck, you know what's up, man? We back at it. Uh-huh. And, like uh, a I crack addict. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. But uh, I know y'all seen that fight three weeks ago, man. You know what I mean? The young Somali champion, head kicking the other guy, knocking him out. What was it 18 seconds? Yes, sir. He's here, man. Let's get to you it. You know what I mean? Ahmed Shafi, what's up, brother? Talk to us, man. Nothing much, bro. What's happening? Living? Good, man. Welcome to well, me to Seattle, I guess. <laughs> Seattle's been nice to me. That's what's up, bro. You, you came a long way, man. Yeah, man. Pennsylvania. It was an eight-hour trip. That's not in Philly, right? To, uh, nope, not in Philly, no. Okay. Mechanicsburg, PA. Okay. Um, okay. It's an hour 30 from Philly, wow. um, but I'm glad to be here, man. The trip was worth it. Mashallah, mashallah. That's what's up, bro. Yeah. Man, um, yeah, man. Talk about that fight, bro. Yeah. You know, obviously you went you went viral. It <laughs> was yeah. crazy, bro. The fight was crazy, man. It was uh, three weeks ago. Um, I trained really hard for that fight. About three month camp for that one. It was an MMA fight in Virginia, um, and it lasted eighteen seconds. Um, obviously, a lot of people have seen the video. Wow. Um, but it ended with a head kick, and right. um, that's all she wrote. Basically, I had to walk <laughs> off. I didn't follow up, but uh, it was a good day for me and my team. Um, from PA, and it was a good day for my family, too. My f whole family showed up, and it was an amazing experience, man. Nice, man. That was crazy. How long was he on the ground after you, like, you head kicked him? Uh, man, it's hard to tell in the moment, but I think it was like two minutes. Um, the doctors rushed in. Did he get up, in. or did I have to Yeah, he, he got he got, he got up. Um, the doctor like rushed in. When he got up, he was still he still wasn't there because um, it takes a while for you to come all the way back. Right, um, right. His fists were still clenched. He was somewhere in heaven, huh? Oh man! <laughs> but when he woke up, the he stars went... all around him. <laughs> he yeah. had birds around his head. <laughs> <laughs> but when he got up, his fist was still clenched. Okay. Um, and like looking at me, like mm. he was not all there. You know, you can tell when the eyes are still recovering. And right. um, yeah, I just I just made the crowd calm down when the knockout happened. They were trying to cheer on. Um, okay. It was his hometown, actually. A lot of people didn't know that. Oh, wow. So I had to be a little more respectful. Damn. Um, that was a away game for you. Yeah, it was a away game, which is usually where, where, is. Where was me. it at? Where it was, was it at? in uh, Winchester, Virginia. It okay. was about a two-hour drive for me to get to the fight. Uh -huh. um, but it's nothing like my first MMA fight back in May. I had to travel to South Carolina, which was about 10-plus hours of driving. Wow. Um, so how, how often are you doing that as far as like driving to like uh, near fights and stuff? So I've had four fights this year mm -hmm. and I've started competing this year actually. Um, I started training four years ago almost um, in MMA, but I got to a level now where my coaches let me compete and tr uh, you know try to get some fights going. I started with a kickboxing fight okay. um, in New York and yeah, I won the fight dominantly for all three rounds. It was two minute rounds, um, but right after that I went into MMA I felt my jiu-jitsu and wrestling was there. And MMA is just basically kickboxing with all the grappling and all the um, exchanges on mixed the ground, too. Mixed martial arts. For exactly. those of you who don't know, not know, exactly. it's mixed martial arts. Exactly. Um, and that's one of my goals is to educate people on MMA and mixed martial arts. But then I took an MMA fight in May during the pandemic. Um, it, was a, it was a good experience. Nice. That nice. fight ended in a draw, um, like a really tough draw for me. I thought I, wanted, I did enough to win the fight. I hurt the guy really badly in round two. And this is all up on my social media. It's nothing new that I'm saying. Right, right, a lot right. of my supporters know this. Mm -hmm. um, but then we went right back into kickboxing. We felt um, we just needed to get one more experience. So about I just stepped right back in two weeks out, 
for a 125 title fight in K1 kickboxing in New York. Um, the guy was 5-0. and oh. he, was, he was a small guy, but he's beaten almost 35ers, and he's moved up in weight a lot. But um, the f- that fight only lasted a minute. That was my first like introduction to KOs, basically. Wow. It was my first KO. I've dropped How guys. How many knockouts you had? I have two KOs out two. of four fights now. So it's a good 50% record that's, of that's, KOs. Wow. One in MMA and one in kickboxing. But that one won me the belt. It lasted about a minute. Um, so which one do you prefer, MMA or kickboxing? I prefer MMA. It's, it's more, I feel it's more pure, like mm. pure combat, you know, unarmed combat. Kickboxing, there's, um, your weapons aren't all there. You know, mm. they, some, Muay Thai has elbows, but for the kickboxing I was doing, didn't have elbows. It didn't have a lot of stuff, especially at the amateur mm. level. Yeah, yeah. And um, I like to test myself against wrestlers, you know. That's the kryptonite of a striker, you know. Right, right. So it's like this last guy I fought, he was, uh, which was my fourth fight. Right. He was a wrestler in high school all four years, and he was going to college to wrestle too. Mm. Um, so they took this fight thinking I was already... He was making his debut, but I already had three fights, um, one MMA, two kickboxing, and I was a champ in kickboxing. But they took this fight thinking, hey, we'll uh, pressure him a little bit, overhand and shoot a takedown. And obviously it wasn't the case. There's a lot of tactics that go into this game that a lot of people aren't, you know, knowing of. Can you you give us like a little background story about yourself? Yeah. Because you're you're 19 years or you're 20 right now. Yeah. You're 20. Yep. And you say you've been training four years before you start combat. Yep. So <clears throat> how did you gain the discipline and like how did you know you wanted to become an MMA fighter? Because yeah. like, you don't really see a 16-year-old like, hey, I want to train four years. Yeah. 16-year-old Somali that wants yep. to train four years and jump into MMA fighting and combat. That's, Definitely. That's very rare. Like, yeah. How did that happen? Bro? Yeah. What, what goes in your mind when you're like, you know what? I want to <laughs> knock people out. So it's funny, man. I was always a <laughs> soccer player okay. growing up, which is like the big sport for Somalis and yeah, everyone around this world, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, in person, you kind of look like a soccer player. Like, yeah. you don't look like a fighter. But yeah, I'm not the most ringer. intimidating looking guy. <laughs> but it's usually, you yeah. know, that's usually like the scarier guys, the guys that don't look scary, you know? Right, 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 um, yeah. And the real thing. Yeah, you right. got but, an um, advantage. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, I was a soccer player all my life. I played soccer through middle school, high school. Um, and I actually played club in college my first year. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I watched MMA growing up. Um, maybe like eight years ago now. I've been a fan for a while. And this is before, like, obviously, it became a mainstream sport. It was pretty big back then, but nothing like it is now. Right, right. Um, I was a really big fan of a lot of fighters, St. Pierre, McGregor, Silva. Um, Do you remember your first fight? I remember my first title, like, the first big fight I watched. Okay. It was McGregor and Aldo. It was built up as one I, of the biggest fights. I was going to say, your last fight yeah. reminded me <laughs> of that McGregor and Aldo fight. Yeah. Like, yep. literally, what, what, that was like 13 yeah. seconds too, right? Yep, McGregor was 13. He, his was 18. Yours yeah. was 18? Yeah, McGregor beat me Close. by a little bit. He, McGregor beat you by, like, yeah. four seconds. Yep. Because you normally, if you watch UFC, that is rare. Yeah. You know, especially mm-hmm. in mixed martial arts. It's very yeah. rare. To have somebody get knocked out in the first like, yeah. you know what I'm saying so fifteen yeah. seconds or twenty seconds Ex- in a fight. Exactly, especially and the dude, at amateur and the dude level. Looks stocky, you know very what I mean? stocky. It, was, yep. it looked tough, like a pit bull. Yeah, so that's I a big misconception. When I drop that. Like that's a that big easy. misconception when they see like someone big or stocky and short. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, he has a big head. It's gonna be hard to KO him. But yeah, it's yeah. like, man, I take these fights knowing um, I've watched the sport for seven years. I've seen a lot of big guys drop. Exactly. And they say the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Mm. And it's the truth, you know? Mm. So I caught this guy flush on the chin. But basically, um, I was watching for a while, and McGregor and Aldo was the first big one. And, mm-hmm. man, like, 
McGregor's a showman. You know, I love, I love that guy. I know a lot of people don't like him, um, but I feel they weren't watching it when he was on the rise, when he was on the come up, when he was beating everyone, the world beater. They watched him on his decline a little bit when Habib got him and, yeah. you know, he started getting a little crazy with his alcohol right, right, and everything. Right, right, right. But um, St. Pierre, McGregor, um, Anderson Silva, Robbie Lawler. I was watching that era of MMA, which is like a good era, I, I thought. That was um, a very good era. Exactly. So I got, I got really motivated watching them. And I would, I, would go to, I would be at home and I'd go to my room and I'd shadow box because I didn't have a gym to go to. Um, in the area that I didn't know. Um, mm -hmm. So I would shadow box, I would watch clips of jiu-jitsu, I would just try stuff at home, right, right, knowing right. that maybe one day I'll get to train. I didn't really think like I'd be a fighter, that's the funny thing. Right. I was just focused on soccer and school and everything else. Yeah. Um, but then a couple years after, my good friend Kabir Amani, my coach right now, mm -hmm. he's the owner of Eagle Martial Arts in Mechanicsburg, PA. Mm -hmm. He opened up a school in Mechanicsburg, the town I live in. Oh, wow. um, he's a black belt in Taekwondo and Tung Sudo and a great mixed martial artist, all around great guy. Um, he's Afghan, and yeah, ever since he opened it, I walked into the gym and I was like, let me take a kickboxing class, you know? And I went to the mosque with him when I was younger and everything, um, but he loved, he loved me and I loved him, man, so I worked hard, and I got to a level where I'm instructing the kids now at the gym. Um, I'm one of the instructors, Marcella, so it's pretty man. cool. So as a fighter, yeah. um, I know every, everyone's taking losses. At, yep. You know what I mean? Yep. At different part, different times in their career. Definitely. So tell us about a time where you like, you know, you lost your first fight. Like, what was yeah. that feeling like? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I started competing this year and my record is three, uh, three wins and one draw basically out of four fights. So I haven't, I haven't lost in the amateurs yet. Um, but I definitely no, had my fair, like as a child, I, I childhood days. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. definitely had my fair share of losses, man. Growing up, obviously I'm a, I feel like I'm a good, okay talker. And it's due to me talking so much as a kid um, in school. And I, I, I wasn't a bully because um, I wasn't very big. Right. But I definitely had a tongue, you know. Mm. And it got me in a lot of trouble. It got me in a lot of street fights um, growing up in middle school, high school. Um, but, there, dude, I got my ass beat plenty of times, you know. Mm. Um, but you know what? I learned from it. And it's a big thing that's um, prominent in the community of Somalis where the kids will get into fights, you know, and they won't know how to react, how to respond. Um, when they do get their ass beat, and it's kind of sad, you know? So, like, growing up in the inner cities, like, you come across these situations where, you know, you're, you're forced to protect yourself, and there's times where you will get your ass beat, and it's part of the game, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, back in my days, like, we, we would fight. Uh, we would fight no matter what, and um, I feel like in this generation, it's like, they don't really, like, fight, bro. Yeah, they you don't scrap I mean? anymore. Yeah, bro, like, you see a lot of situations that could... Yeah. easily lead to a, a conversation or like even yeah. a head up with someone yep you see a gun being drawn like yeah. before all those steps and yeah it's kind of like yeah you know why do you need a gun for a fight no you know you, what I mean? like, you're, you're spot on man and a lot of people will say like oh he's an old timer oh this that you know like when the kids think about it and i'm a kid too you know but right. i feel like i have a totally different outlook um, which a lot of MMA guys do on violence, you know? Right, right. Most people don't know the extent of violence, um, like a, a punch being thrown. They don't know what real, like violence is, basically. So they resort to, like, guns and um, everything else, knives, stabbings, and it's all over the Somali community, overseas, the diaspora, mm. um, everywhere, man, and it's kind of sad. But, yeah, it's very crazy, man. So what do you think, like, um, for the young generation of guys that, you know, come across conflicts, you know what I mean? And the first thing that they want to do is pull a gun out instead of having a conversation. Yeah. Or even, like, getting in the box and, you know what yeah. I mean, throwing hands. Like, yeah. 
you know, skipping all those steps and just jumping straight into a gun and trying yeah. to kill somebody. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, I would say... Um, What's your thoughts it, on it? Especially in inner cities, right? Especially in those high-volume Somali areas, Minnesota, Ohio, Seattle, Toronto. Um, they all have probably over 50,000 Somalis. Minnesota's like at 100K. Um, so these confrontations happen way more than in like a regular like suburbs like Pennsylvania that I live in. But I would say like guys, don't resort, don't resort to guns, don't resort to <laughs> stabbings. You know, um, it's not it's not the right thing to do, and it's weak, man. It's just very weak. Um, it's not manly. It's not masculine. There's nothing cool about it. I just feel like you're adapting a culture that's not your own. Um, you're Somali, man. Somalis fucking fight. You know, and it's. Like I love, I love this culture of like you know being inner city and but you have to know you have to know the extent to stop it at you know. Right, right. Um, I just feel like you got to educate yourself on violence, um, defending yourself, how to stop it, how to limit it. Um, but yeah, that's what I would say to the Somali people, Somali boys especially. Guys, don't don't go around carrying guns. Don't carry around go don't go around carrying knives and wanting looking for trouble. You know, it's just very sad. Right. Right. That's for the UK cats, too. They be carrying knives like crazy, you know? Yeah, the UK that's, boys don't have guns. They don't have guns, bro. They'll stab you. <laughs> and that's a slow that's, death, to be honest. Yeah. But um, crazy. there's a lot of... there's a, I've noticed there's a lot of uh, Somali, Somali fighters yeah. as of recently. Yeah. Like, there was a girl that fought in the Olympics. What yeah. was her name? Ramla. 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 Yep. She, Rum. Yeah. I, I, I was watching her fights in the Olympics. Yeah. Um. Talk about that. Talk yeah, about well, like the 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 Somalis like yeah. coming up right now. Yeah, I showed you a post earlier about a lot of the Somali fighters I posted maybe like two months ago. Um, mm -hmm. There's a good amount in the UK. The guys, especially Ramla, is the most prominent I would say mm -hmm. because she's a pro boxer and she's a woman. Right. Um, it's awesome that she's Somali. She represents her country. Right. And I love everything about the UK fighters, especially. Mm -hmm. um, and there's like a lot from Netherlands, the Dutch area. Right. Um, Scandinavia has a lot of fighters. Um, mm. But Somalia, man, we're known, we're known for being tall, lengthy bastards that can fight, man. man I'm telling come you. Come on now. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Come on sure. now. Sure. There's, uh, there's another homie that, that lives in the UK, too. He's an MMA fighter. Yeah. Abu Bakr, you're talking about. Muhyiddin. Mustafa. Yeah, yeah Mustafa yeah. is a good Shout one Mustafa from Liverpool. Mustafa is a good friends, I believe, with Muhammad, so it's pretty cool. That's what's up. Um, but Muhyiddin Abu Bakr is, the, I would say, the most prominent. This guy is fighting December 18th, actually, this month. Um, I'm trying to get out there and see this fight. But I would say he's, like, the most well-known, and he's a very talented guy. Um, uh -huh. He actually fights in the same division as I do. Okay. But he's a true flyweight. I don't think I'll be a true flyweight. I think I'll be a lot heavier very soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's going to be he's gonna be in the UFC with me, definitely, nice, nice, near future. And, that, and, that, and that's obviously the goal, right? Yep. Is, is to get into the UFC. Yeah that's, yeah, that's the ultimate goal, man. There's nothing higher in the sport. Right, right. Um, and it's still a growing sport. They're always looking for new avenues, new regions to tap into. Mm -hmm. And Somalia does not have one yet, you know? Right. And we're trying to just get our name out there, trying to promote ourselves, you know? Mm -hmm. KO as many guys as we can. Right. And, yeah, hopefully Dana will start calling. Come on now. Dana, how, how many start calling. <laughs> yes. You're watching. <laughs> How many fights you got left until you go pro? Um, so that's up to me and my coaches and everyone around me, uh, my mm -hmm. family, when they decide. Um, but I feel I have like three, four more amateur bouts to go. My next fight is actually in February. Um, the exact date won't be determined yet, um, but they're trying to find why? me an opponent. Huh? Why? Break it down. Why? 
Yeah, so they're trying to find me an opponent yeah, um, yeah. for the flyweight title, the promotion I just fought in that I got the 18 second KO in. Mm. Um, they're they're having a hard time. I mentioned to Muhammad yesterday yeah, yeah, yeah. they're having a very hard time finding me an opponent, and the promoter texted me the reasons. They, they, yeah. They're scared. They panic. <laughs> the promoter All you fighters ducking the fade. We're going to come for you guys. We're coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come so on. They're Wherever not safe. you at, we're coming. But um, basically, he's like, hey, your head kick's got a lot of people scared and your social media as well. Your, you know, your presence there. And a lot of the fighters, when they see the name, they look it up, especially right away on Instagram, YouTube. Yeah. And they see all my other four fights, the two KOs. Um, but it's a hard finding a fight. But um, I believe one of them will step up. Um, there's, he's asked like five guys already, but um, one should hopefully step up. We'll have a title fight in Virginia in February, so it's going to be good. Nice, man. Did you, did you have to ice your knee? I mean, like your foot after my, that kick? My foot? A little bit. <laughs> I had to ice it a little bit. Um, nothing serious. Um, I wish I landed it with the shin. Like a, it sounded like a bitch slap, like <laughs> times 10, bro. <laughs> That was a pimp slap. Yeah, <laughs> but, like um, pimp slap. yeah, man, if I landed with the shin on that kick, I don't know how long he would be out because I landed with the foot, which is the, one of the weaker parts of your leg that you can hit someone with. Right. Um, but, yeah, if I landed with shin, I think he'd be out for a really long time, um, more than two minutes. Did he give you a call after the fight? You guys, like, text or something? So, yeah, I paid respect to him in, the, like, the post-fight interview with the, the announcer and everything. But backstage, like, his coaches were there consoling him and i just went up you know with my coaches said good fight thanks for accepting you know um but there's nothing more you can do this is what we sign up for man like at the end of the day this is a brutal ruthless game man and you have to be ruthless in this game to survive you know because if it's not you who it's if it's if it's not them it's you what's what was going through your mind when he chose to be in this like ruthless game game like yeah, what it's, it's what a, goes in your head like you know what i'm saying it's definitely a game of death but i've gotten almost desensitized to the game of death right, you know right, right. i watched it so much i train it so much you know that i actually don't mind um getting hurt getting all these you know mm. injuries and taking the risk of stepping in there right. um master jen one of my really good great coaches in new jersey that i travel to he always tells me he's like every time i go on a call with him every four fights because he doesn't travel with us he's a lot older and he has a family um but he always gives me a call before i fight and he says hey you know what you have a you have a lion heart you know go out there and i know the way you walk in there you're just gonna fucking dominate you know and master jen doesn't curse but basically that's that's what he always tells me right and that's how i feel in there i feel like feel like i'm gonna be dominant i feel like i'm always gonna win there's no doubt in my head you know right. um but that's the way you have to be ruthless and cold so like before you enter the ring yeah there, do you get like butterflies and like you know what i mean so the worst part about it i would say after the weigh-in like obviously the weight cut is very tough um you, talk talk uh, about the that. way you walked in was tough though. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Yeah, let's talk about the weight yeah, cut yeah. first. The you, um, yeah, the way you walked in was gangster, bro. There's different aspects to like the the nervous, the chills that you get. So the weighing is the tough part. You have to cut the weight to get down there. Mm -hmm. I weigh about 137 when I walk around, mm -hmm. which is not a lot for fly weight. I only cut like 12 pounds, mm -hmm. um, but even that affects you to some extent, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so when you're done with the weigh-in, uh, when you're done with the the weight cut. You're just waiting for that weigh-in, that face-off, and a lot mm. of the pressure just leaves you because you can drink some water, you can eat, you made the weight. Mm. Um, I would say that part's a little tough. And then I would say right before the fight, um, when you're in the locker room, right, like I was the red corner. I was like, I guess I was the, the dominant side. Mm -hmm. That's what you would call it, the favorite. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there's no betting in amateurs, but mm. that's what the promoter thought I was like the favorite to win the fight. Okay. So I was the red corner. I walked out second. Um, mm. The guy had... 
it was his hometown. He had a lot of people there. And yeah, you just feel the pressure a little bit warming up. Mm. Your, your throat gets a little dry. But that's something that I learned in all three fights that I had prior that, hey, you know what? You're going to feel a little nervous, but that's only the walkout. So when my song came on, Beef with Molly's, shout out, score Beezy. <laughs> Oh, you don't want beef with the Marlies. Was that don't. the intro? That was the intro. That was the intro, yeah. He followed me and reposted me. Um, but when that, like, the beat just dropped, I just felt like, you know, I screamed in the video if you guys see it. But mm. I walked out and I just felt like, you know what, it's his hometown. I don't care. He's a wrestler. He's just going to try to hug and hold on me and try to weigh on me. Mm. And I knew I have that shot in me. And I have a lot of shots in me, knees, flying knees. I have a lot of front kicks and... I have some great punches too, I good know, boxing. Bro, you be kicking like a horse, bro. I don't know how yeah, you do that. That's my, main, that's my main thing, but <laughs> I know I have a knockout shot in me. A mm. lot of these amateurs don't have knockout shots, especially these wrestlers. Mm. I'm not worried about you know, getting hit and like, getting tagged or hurt or dropped. Like, I felt a good, my first MMA fight, I've got tagged by that guy, mm -hmm. um, but nothing crazy. I hurt him worse than he hurt me, but that's when you feel, feel the energy, feel a little bit of nervousness. You get your Vaseline on your face, but when you step in, yeah. that second you step in, yeah. That's when you know what's what, you know? That's when you know, oh, he's in the same situation. Mm. Let's see who's man enough, you know, to mm. get it's, through this. It's man, it's man versus man at the exactly. end of the day. Exactly, exactly. And there was a lot of great tactics that me and my coaches were developing for that fight. Um, mm. Even in that 18 seconds, you can really see the tactics. Um, mm. Feigning was a good one. Um, like Wabis, we call it in Somali. Um, a lot of feints had to be thrown right away mm. because he's trying to close the distance so fast. He's trying to just maybe throw one hard overhand, try to hurt me, and dive at my legs and get on the cage and start wrestling. Because he's a wrestler. Exactly. So all through training camp, uh, training camp, we put each other in the worst situations possible, mm. which is hips down. He's holding us down. And just working, stamina, huh? exactly, working our way from the worst possible position mm. that I can find myself in. So I felt confident right away. I'm like, I've been in the worst fucking trenches that you can think of in training camp mm. against heavier guys because this is a flyweight. He's a short guy. Mm. Um, so right away, start feigning, get some of that distance, and the KO paid off. Would you consider yourself a kickboxer? Or? I would consider myself a good stand-up guy. Oh, yeah. Stand -up. So mm. like a great, great kickboxer, great punches, great cardio, obviously. Mm. Um, Somali cardio. You guys know East Africa oh, cardio, on, man. man. Um, it's another level. But I would say, yeah. Great, great guy from stand-up position, you know, long, rangy, dangerous, both sides. I'm righty and I'm a left kicker, so mm -hmm. um, lead and backhand is really hard. Um, but yeah, that's what I would say. That's what's up. We're not going to get into more details because we don't want to give any more secrets away. You yes, know what I'm no more. I have some good submissions yeah, under my locker. That's what so I was going to ask you. I don't <laughs> want to talk about the ground game. Because one of these, I have to ask you yeah. off camera. Though. Yeah, one you know of these, I mean? one of these fights, I, I'm going to have to show my jujitsu and wrestling. But that's for another day. I don't want to show any of what's, that. Yet what's what's the worst? What's the worst trash talk your opponent has ever said to you, like right before a fight or during a fight? I, I've. I haven't had trash talk, but um, for my kickboxing title fight, the coaches for the other guy were just dickheads basically <laughs> um and i don't want to i don't want to name names um i missed weight by a little bit but for kickboxing it's not as it's not as prevalent in mma mm. mma you have it's sanctioned you have to make that weight but for that one it wasn't really sanctioned and it was same day weigh-in as the fight so i'm a bigger guy i was like i missed maybe by like two and a half pounds or so or so and his coaches came up to my coaches and my team and they're like um and the promoter, too, like, hey, did he make weight, this and that? And he's like, we're really about this. We'll fight. We don't care, this and that. I'm like, I'm really about it, too. I just missed weight by two pounds. The guy actually weighed in underweight. And they had, like, when you do that, that's like 
dude, you're not even, you're not even a flyweight. Like you're like less than a flyweight. It's your fault for not weighing in at least 125, you know? Mm. So I was a good, I say he weighed in at 119. Mm. So he was a smaller guy, really ripped. Um, but I had a good seven pounds on him. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he was really fast. He's beaten 35ers before and almost a 45er, I believe. But he was 5-0. and And his coaches are like, we're really about this. We're really about that. It was in New York, the Bronx. So it's like you kind of expect it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we saw what happened. We're really about it, too. Oh, yeah. So what happened? KO, man. One minute, yeah. One minute. Yeah. Man. Overhand. I threw a flying knee and then an overhand. And he, his, bounce, his head bounced off the ground and it was over. through your mind during that fight that fight I, I i thought it was my hardest fight in terms of like what happened in that minute the guy caught me with a spinning back kick to the body it sounded very loud the crowd reacted very loud um he had some good kicks he was he was just a weird striker like he would catch me with weird shots and i just couldn't find my footing mm. and this is by the way two weeks after i just fought an mma fight so i had to get back to the kickboxing side a little bit mm. um but a minute in, I was just like, enough of this shit. Like, flying knee and just haymakers after, you know? Mm. And the shot caught, caught him very hard right on the chin. So I threw a flying knee and an overhand, and he dropped very hard, and the ref right away just called it. Um, wow. And in kickboxing, you can't follow up, but he still was out of it um, when he got up. Damn. And I know kickboxing, too. Like, it's, yeah. it's about those... It's it's about those weights that yeah, you need. You exactly. know what I mean? No, definitely, man. There's, there's there's different there's different levels of weights. A lot of people yeah. don't know about that. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? I I don't know what the pounds are, but yeah. you know what I'm saying you're kicking those things and like you're like your 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 Building your shins yeah. are are you getting know what I'm saying? Yep. They're, they're, they're getting, getting conditioned. Sometimes you even might like not fracture, but like yeah, micro fracture. Micro yep. micro fracture them. Yep. You know what I mean? No, definitely. It's just man. to make them stronger yeah. and and a lot of people don't know. Like, you yeah. might just be walking around, but you don't know what that person's been kicking. Yeah, exactly. You know like, I, mean? I, look, I might look skinny and soft, but, man, I have some hard bones, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. And I'm only 20, so it's going to get only harder and harder, you know? Um, sure Where do you well. see yourself five years from now with this MMA career? So five years from now, I want to I wanna be a pro, man, and I want to be, like, on my way to, like, UFC level, you know? I want to be fighting PFL, Bellator, LFA, all the great uh, leagues right under UFC. And just trying to chase that last great fight, great KO to get in the UFC. And that's my goal. Five years from now, outside of MMA, I want to be still changing lives, you know, teaching kids martial arts, teaching kids uh, a lot of stuff. Not in just my, not in just my hometown. Home. What was it? You, you, want to, you mentioned earlier, like, you wanted to go back to Africa yeah. and do some work out there. No, definitely, man. I've been, uh, I've been trying to find a lot of NGOs back, in ho back home mm -hmm. just to help out. Um, and just raise awareness about everything that's going on there. Mm. Um, I just want to help as much as I can, man, change lives. It's not about money or all this, you know? Mm. It's really not about it. Um, I love fighting, but there's so many other things that I can do with fighting that will help other people, you know? And I'll mm. find them their dreams, you know? Because I'm already doing, like, basically my dream. You know, I love what I do. Mm. But there's kids that don't have the resources, supplies to do what they want to do, you know? Play football, play soccer, play everything that they want to do. Um, 
maybe be a singer, they don't have the instruments, you know, wow. whatever it is, man, I just want to help the Somali community mm -hmm. um, because I feel, obviously there's so much poverty in this world, but I feel Somalia is on the, the, the lower side of that poverty mm -hmm. um, and we got to raise awareness to it. Mashallah, mashallah. Um, my question for you is how, how did your, how did your parents feel when, yeah. when, when you told them that you're, you're a UFC fighter? MMA, yeah, so or yeah, MMA exactly. fighter. So when I told my parents I'm, I want to fight in MMA, um, I fought in kickboxing first. So I actually didn't tell them about the kickboxing fight. Right. I would travel to train and spar and stuff. But one day I was just like, Mom, I'm going to New York. I'm going to just do some regular sparring with some guys there. And I didn't tell her about that fight. But when she saw my first fight and she saw me win, she was like, why the hell didn't you tell us, you know? Um, she's like, I'm glad you won. But like, you know, like a little bit of like, you know, smack and why'd you do this? <laughs> and... Uh, the next one I had to tell her, and the next one was MMA. So I told her about the MMA one. It was all the way in South Carolina. So I was gonna be gone for multiple days, weighing in and, and driving back and everything. So she had to know about this one. Mm. And it was during COVID, so there was no fans, nothing there. Mm. Um, she's just like, dude, don't get fucking killed. She should talk, <laughs> she talked to like, you know, my team and said, take care of this guy. Mm. Um, and then we drove down all the way. It's like 10 hour drive. We fought, we got a draw. My mom actually watched it live from home. That one was broadcasted. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, so she was like, dude, no way that you're going to go to South Carolina and I won't know the result or anything right. until like you're okay or doctors or someone calls. Right. There's always that risk, you know? Right, right. So she watched it live with my family and it was a hard fight, man. Like she didn't like what she, like she was screaming. My brother was telling me like, hey, because the first <laughs> round I got dropped with an illegal knee. Mm. Um, there was no knees to the head in that state. South Carolina, the mm -hmm. sanctioning body has no knees to the head, okay. but I got caught with one and I got dropped hard. Right. Um, and the guy, the ref didn't call or anything. So the guy just went in ground and pound and I had to survive the last minute of the first round wow. on my back, just getting um, some punches thrown at me. I survived it and my cardio kicked in. He got mm. a little tired because he was trying to take me out in the first round. That guy was more of a boxer style. Mm -hmm. And round two, I hurt him really bad with a head kick and round three, so round two, I won dominantly. Round three, they changed up the game plan and they wanted to clinch. His whole team were just like, hey, hold him a little bit, you know, waste some time. Mm. We might get a decision. And yeah, he tried to just play it dirty and the clinch. He actually headbutted me in the clinch and they took away a point. Um, we were certain that we won the fight after that point was taken right. because we won round two and round one was close other than the knee that dropped me, mm. which was illegal. And then round three, he headbutted me, which took away a point. Mm. So we're like, and round three was like, he didn't do anything damage. He was just holding, you know? Right. So we thought we did enough, but they gave it a draw. My mom was, my mom was happy that I didn't get my ass fucking beat right, again, right, you know, right, right. like I did as a child, but <laughs> she watched it live and um, it was, it, yeah, it was a good experience. We drove back, you know, we, we, yeah, we just recovered and that was it. And that was done. But yeah, my parents have trusted me ever since. Like after, after those two fights, I fought for the title. I got mm. the knockout. That KO helped a little bit. She's like, "Damn, you knocked someone out now." You know, like, and she's then she's like, like "Now on the helmet." Yeah, now she's like, now she's like, go on. Don't to, protect your head. Yeah, <laughs> now she's like, go on to MMA and get a knockout. You know, and oh, the MMA one, she was actually there. Mom was a that G. was that was the crazy one. Um, my mom went to the MMA fight with my two brothers and my sister, my little sister too. Mm. Um, they were all in the crowd. It's funny. The right before the KO, you can hear from multiple angles. My mom's saying, let's go, Ahmed. And she doesn't even speak English. It's, it's the funniest thing. Like, she didn't say it in she didn't, she said it in English. Oh, the, 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 the video you posted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you guys can hear it. it. If you play it, it says, like, let's go, Ahmed, the one without the music. Yeah. And that's actually my mom. And right before the KO, she says that. And I KO'd him right after. 
I feel like it's just a good moment for me and my mom. We took pictures after, <laughs> you know. Spirit from your mom kicked in. Exactly, like, man. Wow. Yeah. It's time to go. Exactly, <laughs> man. It was pretty was awesome. Was your mom like, yo, you got it from me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, man. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of fighters, um, Somali fighters that have you know warrior parents. Dude, mm. we've been in a war zone for such a long time. Right, right. Um, but yeah, man. Even the average Somali brother, like so much trauma runs in the families, you know, mm. um, that the parents have been through. So when my mom sees things like this, she's like, you know what? I'm proud of you. You know, you went to the war zone. You went to the trenches. Right. Um, not realistically, not obviously like, mm-hmm. but she's talking about the way of like just the warrior mentality of right. walking in there, being gissy, being brave, you know, Absolutely. and getting getting the job 100%. done. It takes a lot of heart and, and, and guts, you know what I mean, yeah. to get inside of. A ring and 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 not, and not only that really, self discipline really like no gloves a lot yeah. of people don't understand like when you do mixed martial arts you do uh, muay thai taekwondo jujitsu yeah. yep like it's a lot of self discipline yeah like you're you yeah. know what I'm saying like Definitely. like you play basketball like yep. it's a lot of mental yeah more than physical yep right. you know what that's I mean? what I would say yeah yeah um, there's so much that goes into a camp like a fight camp is not just regular training so we obviously we train full year as a, as fighters but. Once that fight gets like made, like, hey, the promoter texts you, this is the guy's name, this is everything, sign the contract, do your blood work, you do the blood work for your HIV and AIDS and all mm-hmm, that shit. Mm-hmm. And every time you fight? Ex- every time you fight, yeah. Oh, you yeah, have yeah. to, because if you yeah. bleed, you know, and the next contact thing, yeah. and everything. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> just in case you go, go in for that bite like Tyson. Uh, exactly, man. Which, um, yeah, it can happen, you know. But um, once all that gets done and then the fight picture gets posted by the promoters and yeah. You know, it just gets you that feeling, like you feel a little pressure there. Right. And then you start training and all that pressure like leaves, you know, mm. um, confidence through training. So like that three months, we're going to the trenches, we're going to war, we're lifting extra, we're eating our supplements, you know, we're taking care of our body. Mm. You're recovering while you're taking your massages. Um, yeah. So that, you, those three months, a lot of three months before every fight. Uh, this this one yes this one was an MMA one yeah. and I needed an MMA win man because I like these amateurs man they, like striking wise they can't compete with me mm. but we just trained a lot of wrestling a lot of grappling keeping them off of me and we needed this win badly so we we did the camp really early Every, my training partner was actually fighting Amen a Moroccan brother um, I did it with him my coaches we got the weight down properly and we went in there and crushed it man so there's a lot of discipline a lot of a lot of stuff that goes into these fights. Obviously, it lasted 18 seconds. It doesn't show three months of work, but that's basically what happens, you know? That's a lot of discipline right there. Yeah. For, eight, for three months, to train three months, and then only fight for 18 seconds. That's yeah, man. Well, and that's the goal, though, right? Yeah, that's, that's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. To try to get the In fight as quick as possible. Yeah. Yeah, 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 easy yeah, easy you know day I mean? at the office, you know? I think, yeah. uh, to an extent, all fighters, like, they know they want the finish, you know? You don't go walk into a fight and say, maybe some guys do, maybe wrestlers, you know, the guys that are really boring or mm. think tactically. I think tactically too, but I think tactically in like killing you, you know? Right, um, right. There's no like, there's no like, I'm gonna hold him for a minute, I'm gonna do this, that, you know? Right. You, yeah. I walk into every fight thinking like, when am I gonna get this guy out of there? What shot is gonna do it? And how long will it take, you know? Because mm. um, I have they a- train you guys to kill? I have a lot of, yeah, you train to kill, man. It's kill or be mm. killed, you know? Um, a lot of coaches and a lot of gyms don't do that. They like to hold and stall, and they call them crotch sniffers. They sniff your crotch a little bit. Um, but those are the guys we want to beat the worst, yeah. you know, those, yeah. those guys that are a little more boring, a little more holding style. And you're signing a contract, too, that you can die. Exactly. That's the other thing, too. Exactly, man. So what do you say to the youth out there that are struggling, confused, you know, peer pressured, and 
uh, they want to do something positive with life, yeah. they might have like the wrong people around them. Yeah. How do they escape all that? So I like the word peer pressure that you use. There's a lot of peer pressure, man, at that age. Um, everybody experiences it. Obviously, like I'm still young, man. There's peer pressure right now on me. Go do this, go do that, you know? Um, but I would say, guys, like just find the right people around you. Like obviously, like everyone has like a brain, you know, we got to use that brain. Like the path you guys, some, some of you guys are going down, there's two options, you know? It's either you're dead or you're in a cell, you know? Mm. Um, especially these inner cities, you're already, you know, you're already set up to fail in a way. You're already at like the lowest side of the demographic um, that you're in, that city. So guys, the youth, the Muslim youth, I would say, any youth, honestly, just go out there, talk to the right people, you know? There's always, there's always someone better to talk to. There's always, less peer pressure that you can run away from and talk to an adult, you know, um, misguided, you know, like misguided is a good word. So find the right guidance, do what you want to do and go find the right people to help you get to that level and do exactly what you want to do. You know, what's up, bro? Yeah. What made you, what made you like stay away from that as a, like growing up? So growing up, obviously, I don't, I don't live in an inner city. I live in the suburbs. I feel like you're a product of your environment in a way, right? Unless you, don't, unless you find a way out. Right. Um, so I feel like a lot of the kids have it harder than I did or um, than where I am, you know? Right. Um, so a lot of these guys are already set up to fail. So guys, like, if you know that, don't fail, you know? Don't fucking let the system or whatever it is that's holding you back um, let you fail. Right. So guys, go out there. Do what you need to do. Talk to the right people. Talk to your parents. Treat your parents well. Don't say, hey, I live in an inner city. This is the way of life here. This is how I should dress. This is how I should talk. This is how education should be for me. I drop out at this age. I do this. I go into gang violence. I go into drugs. Don't, you're already, they already have that path for you. That path is already set. And, it's, and it's, it's leading to death or in a cell, you know? So you're already doing what they want you to do. Mm. So it's like breaking out of those chains that's holding you back, mm. especially think, uh, in inner I think, city. I think, uh, I think a big part of it is like a lot of these guys are like victimizing themselves. Yeah. You know, the whole idea of, oh, I grew up in a low-income neighborhood. You yeah. know, I'm disadvantaged. My parents went through a lot. I lost a cousin. Like... If your parents raised you, you know what I mean, and yeah. you have a roof over your head, and you can work and, and move around and make things happen, yeah. like don't victimize yourself. You know what I mean? That's the worst thing you can do is make yourself a victim. That mm -hmm. mindset of ha of being a victim, it'll always keep you down. Right. You know Definitely. what I mean? But uh, there's some always of the most greatest people on earth, most successful people are some of the like are people that came from nothing. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like there's some of the worst situations and they've made it out. Yeah, I mean, like we have it as, you know, we have a lot better than like even people back in the day. Like think about Muhammad Ali, like, you know, they dealt with the, like racism and segregation and 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 and, you know, war. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So at the end of the day, poverty, like, poverty <laughs> yeah. like even on a on a whole different scale so yeah we actually have a lot better than, yeah um you know just a lot being, of people yeah, and, it's, and it's relative to time like even right now there's so many people around this world 
that don't have anything to eat for their next meal, that don't have a blanket for the next, you know, sleep that they're going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, guys, there's always someone in a worse position. There's someone in a hospital right now. There's a big quote, like, known that wishes they were in your position, you know, that wishes they had both legs, both hands, you know, right. um, or they were still functioning uh, mentally. Right. So, guys, there's always someone in a worse position i would say guys take advantage of all the things you have say alhamdulillah go out there and fucking crush it and mma there's a big uh there's a big quote it says no one cares work harder like no one gives a shit the system doesn't give a shit about you you know go out there and work harder go out there and chase your dreams go out there and don't let that path take you away lead you astray you know Mm. i would say go out there and crush your dreams guys educate yourself and work hard and I'm not talking about college. I'm not talking about school, all that. I'm talking about actually educating yourself on the way of life, you know, right. like a good disciplined life, a good life, you know, right. um, not just school. Find your purpose. Exactly. Uh, I grew up watching uh, UFC MMA. Yeah. There's a, there's a fighter, you know, Mighty Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> Goat. <laughs> he lives out here. He lives actually... Probably 15 minutes away from here. I've heard, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. guy is one of the most dominant pound-for-pound yeah. goats of MMA. That's what I'm saying. And you and you are on the same weight class as him. Weight class, yep. Same That's weight so class. crazy, bro. It's funny. I feel like if I stood next to him, we would seem like total opposite. Totally different weight classes. Weight classes. Yeah. Um, are you taller than him? Way taller. Way, t- way taller. That guy's like 5'6". Um, but he... He so he, actually used to fight at 135. Mm-hmm. He lost a couple fights to like champs like Dominic Cruz and mm-hmm. one other guy. And then he moved down. He's right. like, you know what? I'm sick of the advantage these guys have on me. And he dominated 125. But here's the thing about Mighty Mouse, man, mm-hmm. which is sad. The UFC basically cut him uh-huh. for Ben Askren. Ben Askren is like a rent. Like, he's like a mediocre, I would say. He's the guy that he, got beat up by, what's his name? Masvidal. That's what he's known for, yeah. the five-second KO. <laughs> yeah. But Ben Askren is a great fighter, but nowhere near the caliber of Demetrius Johnson, mm. Mighty Mouse. Um, but it's sad that they literally traded him because Mighty Mouse wasn't doing the things he was supposed to do outside of fighting, promoting himself. Right, right. Um, obviously, that weight class, you're, you are smaller, mm. but... Um, I feel he wasn't doing enough to promote himself. They have a point, the UFC. Right. Um, but that goes to show, like, it's not just about fighting. It's not just being great. It's not just about being the toughest guy. You have to go out there and, you know, show that, hey, I'm, uh, I have a great stage presence. Right. I can talk. You know, I can make a difference. And I'm sure Mighty Mouse does make a difference. His personality doesn't help him. He's such a sweet guy, you know. He plays video um, games all Exactly. Day. He's such an awesome guy. You know what I mean? No, I'm sure he's doing great things. Shout out things. to Mighty Mouse, man. I love Mighty Mouse. I'm sure he's it. doing great things. He's from Seattle? He's from Seattle. Seattle he lives yeah. literally in... Yeah. We're, we're shooting in Bellevue, yeah. by the way. But um, he lives literally 10 minutes away. He, yeah. His gym is actually in Kirkland, which yeah. is not too far away from here. But... Uh, yeah. Um, but no. it's sad. It's like the reality of not promoting yourself the right way. Or right. the UFC didn't do him any favors either. They weren't you know they weren't showing him the love that a goat deserves like right, him right um but i would say if you're a great fighter you got to promote yourself you I know think nowadays that's a big part of um just building yourself as a brand too yeah just promoting yourself that's that's of course. huge nowadays man of With course man this digital age is like marketable yeah and there's mm-hmm. dinosaurs yeah. out there i like to call them dinosaurs because they're so old school mentality and they're not even old school people it's not older people saying it mm-hmm. it's just like Oh, I'm a tough guy. I don't need a social media. I don't need all this. Like, yeah, you're the broke one, you know? Like, you're the right. one that's not getting this, you know, the, the podcast, the sponsorships. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even saying me because I'm not in that position yet. But I'm saying, like, I can see who, which fighters are making money because I know the game. And I can see which fighters are not. And I can see which guys are getting more favors done for them and who's not getting the favors, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's all about the impact you make. 
Yeah. Stylebender. Yeah. He's like one of my favorites. Man. Yeah. Stylebender is amazing, man. Dude, the guy is like market. He's so marketable. Yeah. He talks mess. You know what I mean? That man knows how to promote himself. He man. knows how to promote himself. And he knows his niche too, you know? Yeah. It's uh, that anime niche, that uh, right. African niche, you know? Yeah. He Nigerian. knows his people and he promotes it well and his right. style replicates it. His right. KOs. You kind of remind, I'm not going to lie because he's he's more of a kickboxer. Yeah. And you kind of remind me, your style reminds me yeah. of him. Is that and something that, that you look up to a lot? Th- like of course. Him? That's a big compliment. And I've gotten it before uh-huh. um, from coaches and from supporters too. Yeah, That's such a big compliment because Stylebender is like the epitome of a guy who was a kickboxer because he was a kickboxer. Transition, champion too. Yeah, champion, mm-hmm. world class, over mm-hmm. like 80 fights or something. Yeah. He transitioned into MMA successfully. One of the only guys to do it outside of MMA and yep. come in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he trained his grappling his jiu-jitsu to mm-hmm. a level where he doesn't have to worry about getting taken down he mm-hmm. can do what he's been doing for 80 fights in kickboxing in an mma cage mm-hmm. and that's what i try to replicate i'm already an mma fighter right. um but i want to just get my grappling to a level where i can show my kickboxing skills mm. yeah bro you make you make us look good you make the flag look good you know what i mean we're proud of you man we're gonna support you inshallah we're coming to your next fight for inshallah. sure you know what i mean uh keep doing what you're doing man because you you know you you never know who's watching. Yeah. And no, that's all it's know, about. You know, it's about. 20 years old at, you know, doing what you're doing at 20 years old. That's, yeah. That's, that's huge. You know what I mean? And um, keep keep inspiring, man. And uh, yeah, bro. Um, no, I'm very proud of you, brother. Thank you, you know brother. What I mean? Um, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, keep going out there. Kicking butt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, we're going to root you on. You know what I'm saying? And inshallah, hopefully, you know, we're going to see you. In the in in the uh, UFC, the big on stage the, on the ba- on the main stage very soon. You know Coming what I'm saying? Yes, Stay tuned. You got the <laughs> the young phenom out here. You Thank know you, brother. Saying? Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And it's all about like you you said it perfectly. You don't know who's watching. You know, it's all about the future generation just leading a good path right. for them to like at least like hey take some inspiration. He did it. I can do it. You know. Right. Um, and I get messages like that all the time. Like hey, I'm. Do you recommend a gym near me? Hey, can you help me with this? Hey, it happens so much already at this early stage. So it's like, how, what, how many lives am I going to try to change when I'm at the million, um, the million dollar, you know, level, basically. Yeah. And that's what it's about. Oh, wow. He's doing. He's he's not just doing it for himself. You know, yeah. he's understanding like he has a purpose. Of course, uh, out there and impact the the youth. Out of there, course, you know? and I would say to like anyone that represents like a small country or niche or whatever it is, like mm-hmm. any level, um, I would say always carry your flag with pride. Like, obviously, I'm Somali, and I would say it to the Somali people, but I would say it to any country, African country, Arab country. Um, there's so many fighters out there from these big prominent countries already because mm-hmm. they have the facilities. But once someone else sees it the sport is only going to grow in that region mm. um so that's my big goal to at least bring the sport of mma to somalia mm. and the east africa region and try to grow the sport as much as i can and just hopefully change some lives too represent absolutely and if you haven't already man tap that subscribe button help us reach more viewers man let's get to number one on apple spotify the link is in the bio. Wait, hold on. Do, do, do we just it's hit 122 in Dubai or what? Oh, yes. Ranking 144 um, <laughs> uh, on society and culture in Dubai. Shout out to all the fans and supporters from Dubai, man. We appreciate all your support. Nothing but love, man. Keep subscribing, man. Get us out there. And uh, yeah, brother, man. I love appreciate it, man. Appreciate you coming on, man. The pure advocates, man. It's, it's pure. It's authentic. I love the podcast. I'm a big fan of it, which is why I came all the way out here, eight-hour flight. Number love, man. You know what I mean? That's what we. This 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 podcast is really 
conversations that are that happen behind the scenes when we putting it on on camera you know what i mean so definitely that's what it's about definitely yeah, i love bro. it yo um love you being here brother any any last words i would say um just wanted to shout out my family um mm -hmm. every every somali out there that supports me and everyone else that supports me um guys i would just like you guys to follow my instagram one farah um at one farah mma it would mean a lot going forward obviously right. um and yeah, just keep supporting your own. Um, obviously, I like to support my own with journalists and podcasts and um, editing as much as I can with the, our own people. Right. And I would just say support your own guys, your local businesses or your local Somali people, um, and just keep crushing it. And ma'asalam. And we out. <laughs>